Thank you to uh, the baseball writers, all but one of you, who voted for me. This is Exit 31 with Rain and Spencer. Yeah, you, first question. Go ahead. Was that a team decision? Yeah, I'm not going to be answering any questions about Rain and Spencer Davidson. We'll be dealing internally. Over here. Uh, do you think we'll be seeing more of Rain Stradamus and Nostra Davidson? Teaming up. I thought it played pretty well. Uh, we'll have to look at the tape on that and uh, make a decision moving forward. Yeah. You guys used to be. Why shall I snow? What happened with that? All right, I'm done here. Exit 31. One, two to four on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. In the mood for a little rain mansplaining today, Spencer Davidson with your Rangers hat. And you got, oh, you're repping comments today. Right. Oh, Uticus is going to be fun once the HL season starts. I cannot wait. Oh, I, I'm I'm telling you right now. Oh, we're going to have you're some. You're wearing a comments shirt too. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sport... We're supposed to point that out. Jeez. Oh. You can't see that directly on the camera. You're in the line. And then again, I think the computers, they kind of block you off a little you bit. Can, you can see Mets with me sitting behind the computer. You can't see the, the CO. You're just wearing a, okay, then it's a Mets baseball shirt, and we'll go with that. My name is Rain. <laughs> Spencer Davidson is here. It is Exit 31, QSportsTalk.com. Pauly Scabilli was mentioning, hey, they might have some thoughts on Wild Hack. As a matter of fact, we do. Chris Carlson at 3.30 will join that conversation. We'll talk to Eric Columbia from News Channel 9. We're stacked deep on the phones today. We're going to have a fun time talking about uh, NFL tonight, Tampa and Dallas. We're going to talk about the Hall of Fame. The Yankees are trash. And yeah, Paulie Scabilia was right in his second prediction. Uh, Cuse Rutgers on our mind today. Matthew Gutierrez, Al Wooten's going to talk to us about the coming back together charity basketball game tonight. Um, Matthew Gutierrez, by the way, isn't going to cover SU basketball anymore. He's moving on to the Bills. Oh, and Matt Perino. Did I mention Matt Perino is going to join us to talk about the Bills? He's the beat reporter for Syracuse.com. Because we're going hard on the Giants tomorrow with John Schmelk. Don't think we forgot the Giants are broadcast right here on ESPN Radio. But that leaves me off to introduce the other guy that you're seeing if you're with us at QSportsTalk.com. Eric Gouldy with Medical Laser Therapeutics. He's been in with us before when we were formerly known as Show. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you? We don't say that name anymore. It's X31. Thanks for taking it with us today. Coming back in here. I know you got some thoughts on everything that we've laid out, but we're going to start out with, listen, he's one of just outstanding clients. I don't need, I'm trying to search for the right words, but we have some outstanding clients that work with us in marketing and advertising and the radio station that make all of this possible. It's why we have jobs. So we help you out. Uh, RJ Holbrook's another one for our Syracuse listeners. You might be familiar with his name. Well, down in the Utica area. Well, it doesn't mean you can't drive down from Syracuse to take and use the benefit of your services. So shameless plugs. <laughs> yeah, well, Medical Laser Therapeutics has been uh, in business 15 years. We do all anti-aging, you know, things that make you feel good about yourself. I mean, it's never a bad idea to take care of yourself. And sometimes people forget that. And um, I'm going to shamelessly uh, plug you being drafted into the NHL, which we've told people about before, because I know you won't do it yourself. So I'm going to humble brag <laughs> on your behalf. Eric knows his stuff. Man, I, last time you were in, we had an awesome conversation about Wilson and the hit on Brad and the Rangers. If you remember that game, that thug. <laughs> I had a slightly <laughs> different opinion because <laughs> Rangers are my team. But, man, from a guy that played the game at a high level, you gave us a whole other perspective on that, and it was awesome. We, uh, we disagreed... But we agreed it's it's part of the game, right? It it is, and you see Drury's response. Mm. I mean, I mean, they've signed what three players that are tougher than anybody they had last year. 
Ger- oh, yeah. Gerard Gallant's going to guarantee they get a little bit tougher and go figure <laughs> the Rangers hats on Spencer Davidson. Uh, but we are getting started with some Syracuse and Rutgers, and we've got Nate Mink from Syracuse.com on the phone momentarily, right? Yes? Sure. Blue guys totally. going to dial those digits <laughs> while we stall for just a second. Uh, he was going to join us the other day, and something came up. He was doing a player interview, and he was unable to end that in an appropriate amount of time. Let's just say, as he said, the interview went long, but we got to pick his brain. we got to get his stock watch, who's up, who's down, as they beat Ohio, and Rutgers is this weekend. we got to get a nice preview of Rutgers, that's for sure. Uh, but I need your opening thoughts, Spencer. Where are we at with everything? You good to go with all this today? Oh, fantastic. I mean, <laughs> it's the start of the NFL season tonight. Yeah. It, it Like, how did we get here? How is it September? But I'm not complaining. You know the line's like, what, nine and a half? <laughs> it's wild. And it's going to be a beatdown. And I said it the other day, I think that I think that Tampa thrashes them. I'm of that belief. Did, what was it Greeny said earlier today? Like 92, 93% of, of Americans betting on this game are betting on Tampa to win this game. Can you see this going any other way? I mean, I've even heard some are going, oh, they're going to run the table. This might be an, another opportunity, an undefeated season for Tom Brady. Can you only imagine? And to start it off with a thrashing of the Dallas Cowboys, it makes it even better, Eric. Well, I think that it's going to end up being based on the two inside linebackers. I mean, if, if Tampa's, if David and, and uh, Devin White can stay healthy this year, the Buccaneers can go a long way because they can get after the quarterback from the linebacker position. Does it help that... Basically, they brought the entire team back. Oh, absolutely. It, it, it just everybody has re- wow. returned to this team. But it's also amazing to watch somebody of Tom Brady's age continue to be arguably a top, what, three to five quarterback in the league at this point in time. I have total faith in him. Well, yeah. the, the intangibles. Yeah, the intangibles. And, and they have the weapons. Let's face it. I mean, it's not like it's, you know, it's Tom Brady going out there alone and, and making a bunch of rookies, you know, look better. I mean, they, they've got they've got a lot of a lot of talent. Now, I'd be very surprised if if they go, you know, if they run the table and go undefeated. I, I still don't think that's going to happen. But I mean, this team is absolutely going to be in the mix by the time we get to January and February. I mean, it's just it, it, they they're just stacked. And 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 rain, like you mentioned, they they returned everybody. You win the Super Bowl, you return everybody. Good things are probably going to happen. But they have enough. They have enough leadership. Obviously, TB twelve. Yep. I mean, we know what we know about it. You don't have to say about him. But everything they have on this team, I mean, usually you think about the second-year letdown. I mean, it's a long season, playing those extra games, going to the Super Bowl, all the fanfare, the the, the boat parade they had. I mean, TB ends up with his own COVID virus yep. during that. I mean, we all saw him being carried down the dock afterwards and, you know, making wasn't, sure he doesn't fall. And wasn't there also, um, well, you didn't hear much about it, but wasn't there a little surgery too? Well, he said he had a, didn't he have a torn meniscus or something in his knee, something along the lines? He's yeah. Superman. He really is. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 you know, there were so many years that I tried to find ways to be like, no, Tom Brady's not the greatest ever. I hate that guy. He, you know, he, he's, he's, he's always had everything he needs at his disposal. He's had the best system, the best coach. He's always had weapons. But, I mean, you can't deny it now. I mean, the guy's, what, 43 now and, and still at the top of the game? I mean, he, he's the greatest. You can't, you can't not, you can't deny that anymore. Wait a minute, isn't he the Syracuse Magic number of forty-four? Is he forty-four? No, see, I believe so. I was, I was generous. <laughs> he, he looks, he looks forty-three. You, you, want, you want him to be forty-three? He yeah. looks about thirty-five. Let's be it's honest. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, he does. He is. It's just, it's just an amazing run that he's been on. 
He is one of those guys that still plays with the chip on his shoulder. And you heard Derek Jeter in his Hall of Fame induction took a little jab. The, the, the desire to prove everybody wrong that doubts them. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, seriously, Jordan, same way. Yep. If, if How old is he now? He's pushing 60. If you put him on the court today, he'd still just want to take you out. Oh, yeah. That's what separates great from immortals or, or Hall of Famers. And, and, and even in amongst the immortals, there's just still certain guys that are next level. I'll reference Greeny again. You're talking about a guy, when you talk about Brady, who is a Michael Jordan or a Gretzky or a Babe Ruth or a Muhammad Ali. I think it's, you, you can't dispute that argument. There are just guys, the cream rises to the top, even amongst the greats of all time in any particular sport. I mean, there's so much hyperbole on top of this, but what else do you say uh, do you doubt that he's going to win and they could possibly be Super Bowl champions again back to back? No, you don't. No. Uh, another, Actually, another guy that I think we have to mention is like a Yaramir Yager who's still going. <laughs> he's pushing 50 and he's still going. He owns a team that he plays for right now. He led them to the top league in the Czech Republic. So He just, bought a team, right? Yeah, he bought a team. He plays for them. He's like, and he and he says he can't retire because the team needs him. <laughs> He's that good. You know yeah. about all the goats through history that you talk about. The impressive thing about Brady is that the game around him has gotten so much faster mm-hmm. and yep. stronger. You have so many Division One athletes that can't make it as an offensive player. Switch over to defense. Yep. And are and are you got guys bigger than me that are running a, a four four. You know, 40. I mean, I run a 4 two forty. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, Slow right. down, I buddy. I don't, I don't run a 40. <laughs> 35. Four. He runs a 4. four I, run, I run a 4 and then I'm done. Four feet to the fridge yep. as we are here on Exit 31 on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Uh, stall a little bit to make that connection with Nate Mink. I'm glad you're here. The stock watch, we want it. Who's up, who's down off of the Ohio win and heading towards this Rutgers game, and then we want a scouting report on Rutgers, but we'll start there. Nate Mink, welcome to the Airwaves. Oh, appreciate you appreciate you guys showing patience. Of course. First, uh, for yesterday, and then showing the flexibility to do it today instead of tomorrow. It's, uh, it's A-plus effort from you guys. I appreciate it. Of course. Happy to be on. Um, so uh, the stock watch, uh, you put that out every Monday after the game. Who's up, who's down after the win against Ohio as we lead into the Rutgers game? You know, uh, this may not be the most popular answer, but, you know, obviously everyone was talking about Deuce and, and Tucker after Saturday night because uh, they're at exceptional individual performances. Um, you know, and, and I was I was pleased with how – DeVito played, you know, quite frankly. I thought, you know, he looked like a different player uh, in the RPO game than I had seen him previously. Um, seemed to make really sound decisions on when to give to Tucker, when to keep it himself, when to pull it and keep it and run. You know, just a really clean game, no turnovers. That's all he's, always what you want to see from his quarterback. You know, if you're, if, you, if you're nitpicking and said, okay, maybe he could have connected on a couple deep passes, all right, I buy, I buy that. You know, if you're looking for you know perfection out of your quarterback, sure, you know I'll, I'll buy that. But you know, the stat sheet no doubt would have looked a lot better uh, had he got you know that bomb to, to Harris completed or, or made another a uh, couple other throws. But you know, overall, in terms of what you're really asking him to do, you know, get the offense in the right play, run the offense, protect himself so that he can play week to week, protect the ball, uh, avoid turnovers. You know, I don't I don't know how he can walk away from that performance not being happy with with. How, how 13 played on Saturday. Um, you know, on the defense, you know, outside of Deuce, I thought, you know, if Garrett, not to single him out, but if, if Garrett pulls it in that 
that gift-wrapped interception, you know, that's three more points that Ohio doesn't get on the board. Um, and that's just a very, very clean, clean outing for a defense that, you know, again, uh, limited the explosive plays from Ohio. You know, Ohio's most explosive play might have been that trick play where they threw it back to the quarterback. All right, you live with that. You know, <laughs> how often is that going to uh, cost you a game necessarily? Um, but I think, you know, the for, for not having – really two senior defensive linemen play all or most of that game and McKinley Williams and, and Kingsley Jonathan, you know, they really bottled up a, a really physical Ohio ground game. And like I said, limited the, the damage over the top, which uh, a large part had to do with Deuce because Deuce obviously was, was going to get picked on as the, as the newbie in the, in the back secondary. So uh, overall defensively played well. And I thought Tommy played, uh, you know, and the PFF grade say this uh, for what it's worth, you know, played his best game of, of, uh, of his career. Certainly needed that after being named the starter with Garrett Schrader nipping at his heels. Uh, we're talking to Nate Mink here, Syracuse football reporter of the Post Standard and Syracuse.com, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. You're listening to Exit 31. Nate, uh, Big Ten opponent coming into town this weekend. Syracuse feeling good after the win over Ohio, but Rutgers uh, poses an entirely new challenge. What are you looking at in terms of them? Give us a little bit of a scouting report on uh, on the Scarlet Knights. Uh, sure, you know I, I definitely I definitely expect them to offer up you know more resistance against the run than what Ohio was able to to show and, and offer up on on Saturday last week. You know this is a you know Big Ten team. You know really strong linebacker play, really good front. Um, you know Shiano is a defensive minded coach um, who pays and actually pay, practices. And, and, and schemes for special teams and, and trying to make a play to swing momentum and, and, and possibly steal a game on special teams. You know, they, I think Rutgers has more blocked kicks than any other program uh, over a span of the uh, last several years with 55. So they, have, they, are, they are known to do special things on special teams. They have really two, two outstanding return men in uh, Crook and Shane, who's with Wisconsin transfer, and Josh Youngblood, who was right on that cut line of All-American status, uh, Big 12 Special Teams Player of the Year out at Kansas State. So they're building their roster up uh, a little bit, uh, trying to accelerate it through the transfer portal. Uh, recruiting is getting better under Shiano. They're looking to, to kind of move up a couple of pecks in that, in the, on that Big Ten ladder. Um, don't know if they'll get there quite this year, but you know, for for Saturday's purposes, you know, this is going to be this is going to be a good challenge. You know, this, I think this is going to be, you know, that game that a lot of us circled on the calendar in the preseason and said, all right, this is the game that is really going to help shape the complexion of how this season is going to play out. You're going to really find out who Syracuse is as a football team tomorrow, yep. e- even if they lose. By the way, even if they lose, you will see what they're made of in every facet of the game. Nate, we have no problem being a little bit pliable for you. Hit him straight tomorrow, my friend. We'll reach out again very soon and uh, make sure we get a little bit more time to chat. And hopefully we're going to be discussing a Rutgers win next week when we hook up with you. So thanks, man. Appreciate you. Hey, just just don't grill me too much for an Albany scouting report because I don't know how deep I can roll on the great thing. All right. Well, to be on, to be uh, fair, we have to host the post game show. Our Burdick Ford, Burdick Toyota, Burdick Lexus, Burdick BMW, shameless plug post game show on QSportsTalk.com and here on ESPN Radio. And we were wondering the same thing. Actually, we're like, hmm, that's that's going to be a little bit de- of a deeper dive than normal. 
Thank you, Nate. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. Matthew Gutierrez with The Athletic. Oh, you know him from covering Syracuse basketball and a little football. Well, he's moving on to cover the Buffalo Bills. And we'll talk to him next on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line. I'm going to try this one more time on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. I'm going to get water. I'm done with that coffee for today. Quick break. This is Exit 31 with Rain and Spencer on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Happy to welcome in the former beat reporter for The Athletic for Syracuse basketball and a little bit of football in there and occasionally some golf. And I assume we can still dip our toes in those waters. But now moving on, and you're going to be covering the Bills. Matthew Gutierrez, tell us about the change, uh, whatever you can let us know about publicly, because uh, we're still going to have you on Exit 31 on a regular basis. How are you today? Hey, fellas, appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on, as always. Uh, yeah, just transitioning over from from Syracuse to uh, a, a news initiative we're starting at the Athletic, so devoting a little bit more time um, to to uh, shorter-form stuff, breaking news. And I'm going to help out on the NFL side with that um, as, as we try to not only be telling features, which is kind of the, the – bread and butter of the company but get more into um the immediate stuff which is which is needed in a, in a news oriented world so uh excited to do that but but definitely a little bit bummed out about leaving cuse it was um a great Syracuse basketball is a great uh beat as any i think writer would tell you and the fan base has such a, such thirst for good stories and so, so such good feedback on all the stories i wrote good good and bad they let me know when i, when I wasn't doing a great job and that's good too they really passionate fan base that uh, that will be, that I will definitely miss. I was going to jokingly say we're still going to ask you about Syracuse basketball and then make you give us your final Syracuse basketball uh, analysis here on Exit 31 today, but I've decided, no, you're an alum. You'll still be following the team. We will do that in the future. I want to ask about TBT and Bayheim's Army. We talked to you about that a, a couple of weeks ago when they won that, and there's a fan poll that was put out by the tournament itself, by TBT, and you know what the number one location everybody wants to see it next year is the Carrier Dome, and I'm sure you have feelings on that. Yeah, I think that's a, that says a lot, right, for, for Cuse to be number one and for Syracuse, not for a lot of people. I mean, part of this could be a lot of Syracuse fans in central New York, but you know, a lot of people, it's not the easiest place to get to in the country. I mean, it's usually a connecting flight or a long drive uh, to get to Syracuse, depending on where people are, and that just speaks to... Uh, I think how much the, the, the basketball fans as a whole and TBT fans um, really enjoyed watching Syracuse. They've seen these great players from both the Big East and the ACC suit up for Bayheim's Army, obviously come close a couple years and then to finally break through. They've definitely been a mainstay. They've had some, you know, they've had some, some new guys the last couple of years, but they've also had a few of the, the mainstays as well. Obviously Devo being number one. So, I think all those all those points, you know, combined, that that's almost unsurprising, right? To see that that Cuse was number one there. Matthew Gutierrez, excuse me, Matthew Gutierrez, now the Buffalo Bills reporter for the Athletic, joining us on the phone lines. Uh, Matthew, just you know, the transition to uh, covering the NFL and covering the Bills specifically, you know, just down the road from from Syracuse. What are some of the things that you're looking forward to the most? And, you know, you kind of picked the, the right time. They're trending upwards. So what's your initial impressions of the team as you're about to embark on this journey with them? Yeah. Well, to be clarify, it won't be, uh, won't be exclusively bills. It'll be okay. all, all NFL. We're going to have a designated bills writer, um, 
Matthew Fairburn, who's moving over to the Pats now. Um, oh. He was, I believe, he was a Syracuse.com guy, right? At one point, a few yes. years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so he's obviously been through Syracuse, and uh, he's a Western New York native, and so he'll be leaving over to to move to Boston area or, or Massachusetts, and they're a little bit outside of the city. Um, so I won't be doing mo- all Bills, but to touch on the Bills briefly, and we can we can see how they do this weekend and touch base again later this season. But uh, absolutely on on the up, I think no doubt about that. Um, really talented roster coach McDermott's done a great job and I think um this is a this is another year where they're going to be able to to contend just as well as they did last year if not better yeah it's it's got to be Super Bowl or bust for the Bills that's for sure Matthew Gutierrez with The Athletic let me introduce you to Eric Gooley who's in studio with us today he's one of our dogs for sure (laughs) he brings it uh qsportstalk.com as well uh he's got a question lined up so we're uh we're working him through the process of an interview here. What's up? I'm just wondering what the team is feeling about, you know, the the vaccination situation with Cole Beasley and how outspoken he's been. You know, is there anything? I mean, this is uh, like Rayman says, it's a Super Bowl or bust. So is there any feeling on from the other teammates or something like that? Uh, it's a good question. I don't I don't uh, have a, a any any direct journey. I think we'll certainly probably learn more after the first game and some more interviews and, and guys are usually a little bit looser once you get a game in uh, interview wise. So um, don't have a, don't have a ton of Intel, but it is an interesting storyline, not just in Buffalo, but across the league, uh, which is I think 94% vaccinated. Now that number might be slightly off, but certainly in the nineties, uh, there are a few names that, that come to mind uh, of guys who are, who are not vaccinated or who have made uh interesting uh, sorry for the bark there have made interesting uh <laughs> remarks on the vaccine um and, and it could divide a locker room i think but for the most part pretty much everybody's vaccinated at this point uh which is a, a you you would think a really good move by front offices and the league to encourage guys to get vaccinated teams you know teams don't want to don't want to forfeit don't want to have unnecessary distractions in the locker room Two things. Dogs equal ratings, um, so that's outstanding. And I did just call Eric Gouldie one of our dogs, so that probably, for some reason... <laughs> the barking could have been on our side. Is that Hank in the background? That was Hank, yep. We have <laughs> such a sol- happened outside. We have such a solid relationship with Matthew Gutierrez from The Athletic that we know his dogs' names. Uh, that being said, th- listen, the Coming Back Together charity basketball game is tonight. We're going to be talking to Al Wooten in just a second. We've had Diva on. We've had Derek Coleman on. And others that will be returning for this have spoken to other shows here on ESPN Radio. But as an alum, how are, how are you feeling about events like that? Isn't it great to see when you get the band back together and you see just some of the big names of really decades of Syracuse athletics return? It's got to make you kind of have the warm and fuzzies, right? Oh yeah, for sure. That's a great. Um, and I don't know what the what, what was the attendance. I didn't see anything. The attendance protocol for that is it masked up and and as many people as as they want, or do you know the rules? Yeah, off the top of my head, I didn't know you were going to answer my question with a question. Yeah, <laughs> I, I believe it's vaccinations or a negative okay. test within uh, forty eight hours. I think that's pretty much the standard protocol, at least within New York State for all sporting events. So I'm going to assume they're going with a going that way as far as the football game for example uh with the tailgate it's there's guidelines in place they're not going to come out and police you they're going with the honor system but once you come into that building all bets are off it's a it's a little bit stricter and they're going to definitely protect everybody uh but i'll leave you to answer my question yeah no i i just asked because where i was going was basically 
at least before the pandemic, um, you know, Syracuse has had great uh, events like that, slash even just like former athlete speakers Indeed. come to Hendr- Hendricks Chapel, even like, you know, I remember after class all weeknights, you know, 7 p.m. on a Tuesday, they'd have really good speakers, whether they were Syracuse alums working in the sports business or working in sports with the MLS, NFL, or former athletes themselves. So to your point on these events, I mean, not just the game like this, but but there's some great speakers on campus that I, you know, I wish maybe took, I took it a little bit more advantage of, but those are not only open to students and faculty, but anyone can show up to those um, at places like Hendricks Chapel seemingly was, was where they held most of it centrally in campus. Um, so that's just another note too. I mean, there's some really good speakers and I've come away with a ton of notes just from, from people who have gone through Falk school, you know, Newhouse, Whitman, uh, and then the other schools at, at SU that come back to, to share some wisdom. Matthew Gutierrez, you're going to continue to get invites from us here on Exit 31 on ESPN Radio right here in Central New York. Thanks for the time, man. I'm glad we get to catch up. It's been a couple weeks, and it's weird because we normally would have you on week week by week during the basketball season, um, but we will uh, accept the change and, and hopefully have you back soon, okay? Okay, guys. Anytime. Thanks so much, it, as always. Your homework is to go scratch uh, Hank's ears for us. Pet the dog for us, please, <laughs> if you could do that. And, and a treat. Absolutely, Absolutely right. He's a good boy. We've got Al Wooten lined up next. Uh, we're going to talk to him about the Coming Back Together charity basketball game tonight. Played football 90-93 to for Syracuse. Was a running back. Moved on to the London Monarchs. And we believe, I'm pretty sure it's his son that's playing at Mercer. We'll ask him all those questions and much more next on ESPN Radio. This is Exit 31 with Rain and Spencer on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. I think now is a great time to talk about the Coming Back Together charity basketball game tonight at the stadium. Uh, now, listen, you're still considering tickets, 888-DOME-TICKS, or, of course, QS.com slash ticketing. Tickets are available right there. You can watch on QSportsTalk.com as we bring now onto the airwaves on ESPN Radio on our Accelerate Sports Complex phone line, L90-93, a running back and a member of the Syracuse football team, um, but it's a charity basketball game, so you're going to see some great names. I mean, Derek Holman, Felicia Leggett-Jack, Don McPherson, and yes, Al. Um, how quick did you say yes to the invitation to come back for this? Because it's for a great cause for the underrepresented members of the student body and helping them pay the bills to get an education at Syracuse. Hi, Al. How are you doing? I, I think it's very important to come back and uh, just be present and let people know that you care and what Syracuse University meant for to me and the time that I spent here and the, the individuals that uh, came uh, well before my time and the great investment that they made as a former student athlete and someone who uh, views Syracuse as a second home. It, it's extremely important that we come back and you know be a part of this basketball game and other events that are taking place to and continue the uh, great growth for this underserved area and, and our time has come scholarship fund. Al, uh, with the set of pipes that you have, you have a future in radio. Have you ever considered that? What a speaking voice. <laughs> that's a, that's a nice booming voice. Listen, is your favorite football player, your son who's at Mercer right now, we have a feeling that he is. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. He wears number uh, 29, but he's number one in my heart. And he's a guy who works extremely hard. And uh, he's doing everything he can to be the best player that uh, he's been in, in, put in place to become. Yeah, we we know that he, you know he's he's only in his second year there. But what do you see the potential? Is he is he as good as dad? You think he can uh, he can put up dad's numbers? 
Oh, yeah, I, I think he's better than Dad. I, I think the kid <laughs> has an unbelievable skill set. I think he's going to open a lot of eyes. Uh, he's had some early injuries that I, I think has uh, plagued him as he moved uh, through his uh, later senior year and, of course, his first year in college uh, dealing with some tendonitis. But he got scoped this summer, and uh, they play against Alabama on Saturday. So I'm mm-hmm. flying out early Saturday morning, and he's letting me know that he's going to be in the house and he's going to be ready to play. Al Wooten is here with us on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Excuse me. Why am I struggling with QSportsTalk.com you got to drink some water, man. The Coming Back Together charity basketball game, obviously, tonight, and that's the reason for the call. Uh, we have Eric Gouldy in studio with us, and I know you've got the next question because we got to dig a little bit more into Al's background because I have a feeling I know where you're going with this. <laughs> well, I wanted to know how London was <laughs> in the world, you know, the World Football League. You know, did you play? You, well, go ahead. No, I, I, my experience in the World League of American Football League was great. And prior to that, I, I was a free agent with the Eagles, but it, it was short lived. And it's like anything else. We come to school to prepare ourselves for the maturation of becoming a man. And I think the most important thing that I learned here is, is preparation. So it prepared me for the time that I spent with the London Monarchs and the brief stint I uh, spent with the Philadelphia Eagles, but it prepared me for the transition in the real world. And I think that's what matters most. And the man I've become today. Take us back uh, to your playing days at Syracuse, 90 to 93, and your four years up on the hill and the dome and maybe a few memories that you have. And, you know, if it's not on the football field, maybe it's in the locker room, maybe it's with your teammates or just the experience overall of those formative years. Well, you know, this morning I, I had breakfast uh, with a, a, a old friends from uh, family from Syracuse, Jack and John Dooling, and, uh, John is a, a member of the um, uh, political environment in DeWitt. And, you know, I told him my old story of uh, Coach Mack, uh, Dick McPherson, a uh, great coach, means a lot to me. And he, he left an uh, impression on my life that uh, uh, lives on forever. And he, he taught me what it was like to really be the best that you can be. And I, I can remember one day Dwayne Kennett, who was the starting fullback, I was a redshirt freshman, had to go to class. So, Bob Kasulu had been bragging on what a great blocker Al Wooten was. And they put me in and I missed the block. And uh, Coach <laughs> Mack stopped the entire practice. He says, Bob, 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 get in here. And he calls everybody in and he says, what did you tell me about Al Wooten? Didn't you tell me he's a great blocker? Didn't you tell me that? And then he takes me and he grabs my, my shoulder pads and he takes his helmet, his head, and he slams it into my shoulder pads and it busted his nose, broke his nose, blood just flies everywhere. But it taught me a lot uh, because he cared about me. And he, he knew I had the ability to be a, a great blocker and someone who could uh, contribute to the great success of Syracuse. And that run uh, between 1990, 93, um, I mean, just some great years. Um, I always look back at the years of 1987 uh, to 1998 as the decade of glory. Uh, it's, it's just something to be said about those years. And the one common element, element that you'll see throughout those years is we were football players you know we lined up and we'll smack you in the mouth and we didn't care who you were what your record was or what the perceived perception was we came to win and we came to play Al uh, you know I know that life takes us in so many different places and you know obviously you you, you move on you have things happening but do you get to still get a chance to, to I guess feel connected to the football program do you still get a chance to check in on them uh, you know what's kind of your your status around the the current day Syracuse Orange yeah, you know, I, I've been away a little bit, but I, I still get up here. I try to make a couple trips, at least two to three trips a year, and, and go back and, and see what's new within the program. And I know last year was a disappointing year, but, you know, it, it's really about the opportunity. And at the end of the day, it's about X's and O's, right? you got to line up, 
and you got to play football. And it's, it comes down to one thing, and it's called execution. You got to execute. And so for me, uh, Syracuse football means a lot to me. Uh, those young men who are out there uh, doing their thing, I wish nothing for the best of them. And I just want to see this program get back to where we were uh, during those years between, you know, 87 and, and 1998. Our time has come, Orange Legends Scholarship. That is what the CBT or the Coming Back Together Celebrity Classic Basketball Game is about tonight. And we touched on it briefly when we first got you on the phone here. It's Al Wooten with us. Played at Cuse, a running back from 90 to 93. And we're talking to him here on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. But I want to revisit that because uh, we had Derek Coleman on. We've had Eric Devendorf on. And, and others and other shows here on ESPN Radio have, have spoken to some of the other alumni that are coming back tonight. But we really need to focus on the important aspect of this. And that is, this is a great cause. Uh, I mean, you, you've got alumni that are successful in sports and entertainment and business, and everybody gets back together, and this raises a lot of money, once again, for the underrepresented students that otherwise maybe wouldn't be able to pay the bill to go to a university like yep. Syracuse. Uh, Derek really expanded on that, and I'd really like to hear from you uh, expound a, li- a little bit on your thoughts on this. No, I think when you look at the uh, the Cuse Legends uh, Scholarship Fund and what's being done and uh, throughout the uh, coming back together efforts and our time has come scholarship efforts as well. I mean, it's, it's humongous. It's, it's hugely important. It's really a, it's part of our fabric of who we are. And I think as, as former student athletes and, and, and students as a whole who, who previously have uh, graduated from this institution uh, as, as African-Americans and as, as Latinos, we need to know and understand our responsibility. And we have an oper- a responsibility to give back and to help pave the way for those who are in uh, need and for those who aspire to do the things that we've been able to achieve because we're very fortunate. And, you know, we, 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 we can't look back at this and not give thanks to those who have come before us and the sacrifices that they made. And I always tell a story, you know, about in 1989, when I was a young freshman and Floyd Little, Jim Brown and, and Vinnie Cohen came back to speak. And I was a young 18 year old, very curious. And I heard Floyd Little give a speech about the three type of people in this world. Those who watch things happen, those who make things happen and those who don't know what happened and which one are you, right? I added that last element. And the other piece was the five finger friends. And I've used those things to guide me in a professional arena to a common understanding, really understanding my value and my work but the contribution that I need to always make, whether it's giving back as a student athlete or just giving back to Syracuse University and this community, because I owe it a lot. Without this institution, I wouldn't be in the place that I'm in today. And I've been very blessed, very fortunate to have the success that I did, not only on the field, but being able to transition into the real world and do great things as well and become a great father along the way as well. Al, did you watch TBT and Bayheim's Army when they won that? Absolutely. <laughs> when Awesome, awesome time, and you, you just love it. There's a reason that I ask, because at the end of the game, uh, the championship game, Eric Devendorf, uh, and we know how much of a fabric and a part of the community he, he has made himself, but he's standing there on national television, and he was jubilant. I mean, that was pure joy in the moment, and he screamed it out, Syracuse is the best university in the world. And you basically just kind of laid out in in slightly different terms the same thing. The foundation that being an athlete coming here and getting an education and what it has done for you uh, to build your life and where it is today and led you right to this phone call right here, right now, talking to us. Yeah. 
no, no doubt about it. And there's, there's a lot to be said about it. And, you know, every time, every day we look at ourselves in the mirror, we got to give thanks. We got to give thanks to the journey. We got to give thanks to what lies ahead, but we also have to look at and understand the unbelievable opportunity. When I look at what's going on with coming back together and the, the, the scholarships and being able to ensure that the funding is available for some that could not come to Syracuse uh, university without it, there's a lot to be said about it, but I, I can tell you there's a lot more that still needs to be done. And I think we all, uh, through these efforts, we have to continue to challenge each other. We have to continue to look at the world through a different set of lenses because this world has changed. It will never be the same, and we got to know it. We got to understand what Syracuse University represents and what this uh, community has done for us as a whole, and just continue to to drive success in a very different way and uh, drive that brotherhood, that sisterhood that is so important. As we grow older, we we develop a greater dependence on each other. Why is that important? Because we share so many things in common and. Uh, this weekend is very special, not only to me, especially to everyone who's in attendance. And I think that's what this basketball represents, the strength and power and numbers and what we can accomplish through a common goal. Al Wooten, we're going to be uh, cheering for Mercer and your son. I wanted you to know that. We're so grateful to you for the time, for coming back to the community and being part of coming back together tonight for a great cause. Cuse.com slash ticketing or 888-DOME-TICKS. You can still get in. It's at the stadium. Uh, give me a 20-second pep talk. Channel uh, Coach McPherson and uh, tell these Q's fans that are on the fence why they should come out and see you and all of these great alumni return tonight. We're here because of you, right? If it wasn't because of you, we wouldn't have become the great players we are. We wouldn't have the, the program we have at Syracuse University. So it's important that we all continue to evolve as a community and lift this program, uh, lift this community, and lift this scholarship fund and enable us to you know, continue to spread and, and, and penetrate in a very different way because there's a lot of folks out there in need. I think we've all seen it over the course of the last two years, and education is the core. Without it, they'll struggle, and we got to do our part to make sure that we continue to be a part of this community and give back what's been given to us. Al Wooten, you have a great time tonight. Thank you very much for the time today. I appreciate it. Thank you. QSportsTalk.com, ESPN Radio, and Exit 31. We pause quick. Uh, we'll get with you in the chat, and we'll be back with your Killing Me Smalls. Two words. The Yankees. You're killing me, Smalls. This is Exit 31. Here is Rain and WKTV Sports Director Spencer Davidson on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. You're killing me, Smalls. You, you do a pretty solid Stephen A. I got to work on my Larry David because that is the most fitting music uh, for our segment right now called You're Killing Me, Smalls. Our sports festivals are airing of the grievances. As I'm rolling my eyes at everything they do, what has happened to this team? You win 13 in a row, then you lose 9 of 11, and you just lost everything that you gained pretty much. Uh, they've now slipped behind Boston in the wildcard race. You realize that happened too, because Boston beat Tampa yesterday. Best thing about the Yankees right now, I'm pretty sure it's a couple of things here. Um, no, it's one thing. It's Derek Jeter got inducted into the Hall of Fame yesterday and dissed the one guy that didn't vote for him. <laughs> Other than that, not much is positive in the world of the Yankees. And I'm trying to keep myself under control here and not let the vein pop off out of my head. It's just not good. How does this happen? I, I, am I asking the same question every day? Yeah. A wash, I, I don't know. It's wash, rinse, I, repeat, Spencer. I don't have an answer for you why it happens. Mr. Mr. Hyde was the evil one in Jekyll and Hyde, right? I believe Dr. so. Dr. Jekyll. Well, Dr. Shh. Jekyll. He's yeah. one of the, okay, so Mr. Hyde. I mean, this Yankees team, I think they're more Mr. Hyde than Dr. Jekyll. 
think you might be right. We have Eric Goldie with Medical Laser Therapeutics in here. I don't mean to cut you off, Spencer, um, but do you have any insight for us? Uh, anything? I mean, what's going on? What do you do to change this team? Don't you think somebody's got to go into the locker room? We said this prior to the trade deadline, the first half Yankees of 2021. And where's the passion? Where's the give a bleep? Where's throw a flip a table in in the locker room? Get mad. Stop with this nonsense in these post game press conferences and call somebody out. Yeah, we definitely need to play better. Well, duh, you got to take it beyond that. Aaron Boone has got to go and just light a fire somehow under this team. Blue guy, you have a theory on this? Uh, no, but I would like to have uh, Spencer A. Smith uh, answer the question. Okay, that's fair. Let's go, Spencer A. Smith. <clears throat> what do we do? Oh, How do we fix it? Boy, Rain, let me tell you something. I've had just about enough with this New York Yankees baseball team. I mean, there is no way that you come off a 13-win streak, 13-game win streak, what have you. I'm sorry. And you absolutely, I, I, I can't even say it on the air, but you do something in the bed. You, 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 I can't say the word, but you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about, Rain. We're this picking is, up what you're putting down. This, this is absolutely ridiculous. The New York Yankees should be ashamed of themselves. They should be ashamed of themselves. Are you kidding me? I'll be at Ogeron if you want on this. Are you kidding me? I'll Ed, interject. And you, you take it away. I got nothing more to say because this Yankees team is absolutely asinine. Let me just say this. Well, Susan, I thank you. And uh, as, <laughs> at Ogeron, let me just say this. Um, I just wanted you all to know that they suck. They're, they're, they're bad right now. I mean, the crap. They're, Ed, uh, you lost your first game. You know, sometimes you got to just reevaluate what you have right there. Yeah, that's coming from a guy who lost their first game. Against guys who wear sissy blue shirts, by the way. And he did make that comment about (laughs) UCLA. You said that, and then you got beat. And guess what with LSU right now? We know we don't have a chance to win the national championship this year. Any solutions for the Yankees? Uh, How do we motivate them? How do you motivate a a team that doesn't seem like they care? They they don't. I'm sorry, they don't. You you need to see some passion. Something's got to give here. There's three weeks left in the season. And the three teams that you play in the last three series are Tampa, Boston, and Toronto. Not good. Not good. You know what? It's official. Um, I'll say it for you with this. You're killing me, Smalls. Let's come back with Matt Perino. We'll talk about the Buffalo Bills next. He's their beat reporter for Syracuse.com. Eric Columbia joins us in our number two. And Chris Carlson with Syracuse.com. Because, yeah, we did promise some thoughts on what Wild Hack well, really didn't say. It's ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. This is Exit 31. I needed a clip, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It, that's why I wanted to give you uh, like a second. Yeah, your pitch scene was very good. Thank you. Well, you got to start off Stephen A. Davis. Well, I love the noise. Thank you to uh, the baseball writers, all but one of you, who voted for me. This is Exit 31 with Rain and Spencer. Yeah, you, first question, go ahead. Was that a team decision? Yeah, I'm not going to be answering any questions about... Rain and Spencer Davidson. We'll be dealing internally, over here. Uh, Do you think we'll be seeing more of... Rain Stradamus and Nostra Davidson. Teaming up. I thought it played pretty well. Uh, We'll have to look at the tape on that and uh, make a decision moving forward. Yeah. You guys used to be... Why shall I snoops it? What happened with that? All right, I'm done here. Exit 31. Two to four on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. You'll be able to hear the New York football giants on ESPN Radio. And since um, Spencer, you and I, Rain Stradamus, Nostra Davidson, we really don't know anything, right? 
Uh, Nothing at all. Oh, yes, we do. The Bills are, are favored to win, or at least be sniffing a Super Bowl this year, I think. That'll bring us to Matt Perino, Bills beat reporter for Syracuse.com. Thanks for coming back on here on Exit 31 with us. Th- that has to be how we start this conversation, right? Or is it that? Or is it, you know, you're going to win week one because are the Steelers going to win with Big Ben? Is he done? Once bread becomes toast, it can never be bread again. And I think he's toast. Matt, we'll start with those two subjects and I guess a, a two-part question. Yeah, I think the first one, is it Super Bowl or bust? I mean, in a, in a way, I, I think that that's how you probably go into this because, you know, you, you made the playoffs last year. You had, a, you had a run in the playoffs. You lost in the AFC title game. And the next step would be kind of taking out the Chiefs, who've been the best team in the AFC the last couple of years. Um, do I see a scenario where in, in, a, in, a, in a conference where there's a lot of talent? I mean, the Chiefs and the Browns are both going to be formidable teams where they don't make the Super Bowl and it's still a good year, yeah. But I get, I get it. Like, I mean, you have one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. You have an offense now that should be one of the top passing offenses again this year and a defense where you've prioritized improving on the defensive line and getting after the quarterback more. So if those two things continue to happen, you, you get better up front on both sides of the ball, more continuity with the offensive line, yeah, you should go to a Super Bowl. And so, yeah, I'm there with you. Yeah, I don't know what I think yet about Pittsburgh. I want to see it. I think their offensive line is a problem, but Ben Roethlisberger has made, you know, his money based on what he can do even when he isn't protected. And so, yeah, the the, the Bills have to get after him, but he may, tends to make some plays when you do that. So, can he still do it? It's early. It's week one. I, I, I'm picking the Bills to win, but I, I don't know what this thing is going to look like, and I think it might end up being a little bit of a shootout maybe. I know that's crazy to think about considering what we saw late in the year last year from Pittsburgh, but they got a lot of talent at wide receiver. Matt, uh, you know, obviously the Bills offense, you know, had some success over the last couple of years. And like you mentioned, having one of the top quarterbacks in the league, but, you know, they've added another guy, Emmanuel Sanders this year. What do you think he can add to this offense, to the wide receiver core? And and how do you think he's looked so far, you know, as as he's gotten uh, acclimated to the Bills system? He's gotten dinged a little bit uh, throughout training camp. He's been dealing with a foot issue, and he still remains on the injury report with that. Mm-hmm. He was limited in practice this week. But what he brings is like more availability uh, as opposed to John Brown last year. They li- really liked their receiving core. With John Brown, he had 1,100 yards in his first year in 19. He just couldn't stay healthy. So if you get a healthy Emmanuel Sanders, I think it's an upgrade just because of the way that he plays the position, he's much more physical. I think he's more of a run-after-the-catch threat. And I think he complements Stefan Diggs a little bit more and gives Josh Allen another guy that can, you know, win in multiple ways. I mean, John Brown almost turned into just that deep threat. And I think Sanders can do a little bit more than that. And then you have, who I don't think people are talking enough about, Gabriel Davis, who had seven touchdowns last year as a rookie. He's a guy that I think they've, they built him the perfect way. Like they, they make him into a guy that can replace any of these guys that they get hurt. He knows how to play the X, the Y, the Z, he can play in the slot. So like if you go into a week and Cole Beasley's banged up or Stephon Diggs is banged up, you have a guy in Gabriel Davis who teams don't game plan for, but who has had big games and has made big impact. So I think that they're just so deep at wide receiver. It's going to be a weekly uh, it's going to be a fun weekly game, or maybe not so fun for fantasy owners, to figure out who to plug in after Diggs and Beasley. 
Eric Gouldy with Medical Laser Therapeutics is here with us on Exit 31 today in studio on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com as we continue our conversation with Syracuse.com Bills beat reporter Matt Perino. And a, a big factor in this game leads me right to you, Eric, to set him up with this next question. Yeah, the T.J. Watt effect. So, you know, wondering if they're scheming against him playing or, you know, if what happens if he doesn't, decides not to play and sits out with the contract negotiation. Is that a part of the, the scheme for the Bills? I don't, I don't think so. I think they're probably treating it like he is going to play, and then whoever doesn't play, I mean, you, you, you prepare to play the best either way. Uh, Watt was good last year, but I thought that Daryl Williams did a really good job against them, and I think that they're going to really rely on their tackles. Maybe the storyline in this game is how ready is Deion Dawkins, who dealt with uh, complications from COVID, a lot of conditioning issues coming back at the start. He, he, it was about, I mean, he was in the hospital, talked about how there was a time where he even thought he, he might not make it. And it never got to that point. But when you're in the hospital dealing with those symptoms and you can't breathe, it's, it's a lot. So the conditioning has been an issue. He's worked to get himself back. He played a couple uh, half uh, against Green Bay in the uh, preseason finale. But is he ready, full go, ready to go and protect that blind side of Josh Allen? That's a storyline to watch. And Melvin Ingram, you know, you talk about T.J. Watt and what he brought, brings. They signed Ingram. He's, he's wearing number eight now, which is weird in and of itself to see a defensive end in the NFL rushing with that number. But he looked good in what I saw in the preseason, uh, rushing against the Detroit Lions, who probably everybody's going to look good against them early on this year. Uh, but they got, they got some formidable pass rush guys, and they always find a way in Pittsburgh to bring pressure. So that's going to be something to watch for sure. So Red Rob in our chat at QSportsTalk.com uh, basically is throwing at me, you know, Miami's defense is as good as New England. Tell me about these corners, and are they the best tandem in the AFC? I, I want to kind of amend that a little bit, and I just want you to do what we asked you to do before we brought you right here live and onto the radio. Rank the AFC. East rank the division. I think the cream of the crop at the top is the Buffalo Bills, uh, but after that, where do these teams fall in line, Matt? Yeah, I'm I'm high on Miami. Like I like their defense. I like what I like their cornerbacks. I, I like their secondary. I'm a little bit less bullish on them up front. I, I like a couple of the things that they've done to uh, get strong, especially up the middle. But I don't know if they have the playmakers at the line of scrimmage and at that second level to complement those linebackers. Where I think you look at New England and the way that they've addressed their front, bringing in Matthew Judon, really bolstering things up the middle. They have a couple guys on the interior that are, are problem uh, problems for offensive linemen. And then a guy to watch on the come up as a pass rusher. They have, That's what you do in a division with Josh Allen and this Bills offense. You, you build up front. So I – rate their defense better, and who knows what we're going to see from Mac Jones. I don't know. You know, he's had a couple of nice uh, preseason games. He had a, a strong camp. Obviously, it, it convinced them to move on from Cam Newton. But I have seen a lot more of Tua at the NFL level, and I don't trust him. I, I think that's what we were talking about, right? Yeah. I, I think that there's potential for him to figure things out and be an effective passer, but until I see it, I'm not comfortable with it. So I think Bill Belichick will get this – this to a 10-11 win team. I expect them to finish second in the division. And, you know, I think this will be a better year for the Jets, but I still don't expect them to be in the mix with the with these top three. Yeah, 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 yeah. We get it. We get it. You're all sleeping on us. We get it. <laughs> I, I, I think they're I think they're gonna be better as well. Obviously, they're still a long way off, but uh 
But we're speaking with Matt Perino, Bills beat reporter for Syracuse.com here. Obviously, the NFL season getting underway this week, really tonight. Um, but for this Bills team, you know, there are a lot of players on this team that get a lot of attention. They get a lot of notoriety. But is there a player this year that maybe isn't getting a whole lot of attention that you really think can, can step up this year and, and be like an unsung hero of, of, of this, this season? You know, it's funny. I just put hit published 20 minutes ago on a story. We were talking to Leslie Frazier yesterday, and point blank, someone asked him, like, who's a breakout player this year? And he didn't hesitate. He went right to Ed Oliver. And this is mm-hmm. a guy that they used the ninth overall pick on in 2019 who, honestly, I think he's been good. I think he's been, I think he's been solid. But he hasn't been great. And when you pick a guy in the top ten – you want them to have those splash plays, to be impactful, to make big-time plays. And, you know, Ed Oliver, you've just been waiting for that breakout. And Frazier didn't mince any words. He basically said, I think this is going to be a bust-out year for Ed Oliver. You get Starla Tulele back in the defense, let him eat the space, pick on double teams, and let Ed Oliver work off the guard and, and rush the pass. And, you know, you start to hear about him maturing and uh, work ethic that you feel. A lot of components – equal up and you know this is a team that's Josh Allen's year two to year three breakout looking at Ed Oliver on the defensive side and saying that could be the missing piece that could be the guy that takes us to the next level that causes problems for opposing quarterbacks when we meet Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs he's going to deal with space at Oliver getting through it and, and causing problems so if you're asking a breakout candidate people aren't talking maybe enough about I'd probably go with that Oliver throw Eric, throw the other name that you just referenced to me because you're a big Bills fan uh, and we'll have Matt comment on him too because I think you might be onto something. Well, I think that he's just, by talking about Oliver, I think that if Oliver does what he's saying Oliver should do by Leslie Frazier, I think Tremaine Emmons ends up being an MVP candidate or at least offensive player of the year. I love I love that take. I, I love that as a question. In every interview that I've done because – this is a guy that I was talking – I'm doing a story on Tyler Medikevich, uh, special teams captain. Uh, he used to play for the Steelers. It's going to come out on Saturday. And I asked him about Tremaine because I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen a more scrutinized player at 23 who's already had two Pro Bowls than, than Edmonds. And he said it's crazy because everybody on this defense who has a question, they go to Tremaine Edmonds. Veterans, rookies. Like, they, this is a guy that knows the defense through and through. He had to change positions coming out of school from outside linebacker to middle linebacker, but he's had to kind of learn how to play fast. And, like, you almost have to walk before you run. And I think that all the time spent on task the last couple of years and all of the missed angles and, you know, maybe being slow at times to read, you know, what the offense is doing, I think he's poised for a monster year. I couldn't agree more. What they're doing up front is going to benefit him. And, you know, if they stay healthy, the continuity between him and Matt Milano uh, back there, I think, helps as well. So, yeah, I think this could be a big year for Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, but I don't put him in that breakout candidate because I think that he's been really, really good. I, I know fans have issues with him for whatever reason, but I just I, I think that he's been better than the, the credit that he's given. Matt, I got about 60 seconds left, and I have one last thing I want to bring up to you. You heard about Josh Joshy Hutchinson, the 11-year-old, beat Hodgkin's lymphoma. Did the uh, Bills Mafia jump through the table, of course, was made out of cardboard. What a great story. I, I just I just want to know what your thoughts and observations were with that because we just – stuff like that, 
is larger than life and it involves the Bills mafioso, we got to ask. Yeah, it was awesome. I thought the form on the table jump was elite, especially considering that wasn't uh, an actual like table. They made it out. Uh, they had some pillows under there. It looked like it was maybe it was like a cardboard or whatever. You know, a big chance. But like he he took it like a pro. Yeah, I. It was awesome, man. I love to see the way that the players, Josh Allen specifically, really embrace a lot of the stuff that, you know, you see from Bills fans who are so active on social media and to see these victories, man, because, listen, covering a football team and talking about Buffalo's football team and the wins that they're trying to get, that's great, and I I love my job. But seeing wins like that off the field, man, I have two kids of my own. It's special stuff. You take that as, and there, there's your rallying cry. You know what I mean? Let's do it for Joshy this year, whatever it takes to get it done. Matt, we're always grateful to you for the time. Appreciate it. I'll reach out very soon. We're going to take a quick break here on ESPN Radio and Exit 31, QSportsTalk.com. We'll be back with Eric Columbia from News Channel 9. Since the NFL kicks off tonight and Tampa Bay is going to beat Dallas, why don't we run through week one with him and, of course, much more because we got to get a Rutgers take, too. Hang tight. This is Exit 31 with Rain and Spencer on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Special guest Eric Gouldy. Eric Gouldy with Medical Laser Therapeutics is in here with us. He's one of our dogs. Uh, Deuce Chestnut said that's the reason that he's successful. We heard that because straight up, he said, I'm a dog. You just you go out there and you get after it and you're ferocious and you just bring it. Plus, he's, he's inspired by the tenacity of his cousin, Joey Chestnut. There you go. <laughs> now, eating hot dogs is not going to lead you to success on the football well, he's field. A do- he's a dog. That's true. Deuce Chestnut, on the other hand, might be playing his way into the NFL, uh, which is a thing for guys in the backfield, it seems, with Syracuse University. Uh, we'll get to that and Rutgers and everything else. Uh, and on that being said, uh, Eric Gouldy, you get ready to throw a question Eric Columbia's way. He is with News Channel 9. He usually joins us around this time on Thursdays. And we want to run through the NFL with you, but we got to start with the Tampa-Dallas game tonight. Uh, Martin will not be reinstated, so that's a blow to the offensive line of Dallas. Uh, not coming back from COVID, and, and I already think that Tampa Bay thrashes Dallas tonight. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I just want to lead into Eric's opening comments with this. Uh, Glue Guy gave me this number, 582 as in dollars. Uh, that's the basically average or historically heavy high price for tickets to tonight's game. It's pocket change, right, Eric? How are you? Yeah, I mean, you can afford it with that big Exit 31 uh, salary that you got going, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, all of us in radio, uh, we yeah. we make oh, a fortune. Yeah. Uh, that's that's funny because it's sort of true. <laughs> Eric, listen, who do you think wins this tonight? I, I, I'm of the, the belief that I think a lot of people are. And the betting public, as we stated earlier, 93% of the, bub- the betting public says it's Tampa tonight. They're putting their money on Tampa to win this tonight, and handily. So the question is, do you fade the public in this scenario? Because usually when it's that big of a betting side, uh, the money is more smartly played on the underdog there. But I agree with the public here. Uh, I'm going with Brady and the Bucks just because I think they're a better team. I don't know if I'm Dan Orlowski levels of confidence in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where he says 17-0 and is on the table. But both offensively and defensively, they are superior. And that defensive front for the Bucs uh, is definitely going to wreak havoc on a Cowboys uh, offensive front that is missing Martin. And we've already seen uh, a couple years ago when 
they had some problems on the offensive line, and that really hurts Zeke's production. So if Zeke can't get going and you have Dak Prescott coming off all the injuries that he's coming off of, it has the potential to get lucky, but this is also the NFL uh, to get ugly. Excuse me, but this is also the, uh, the, the NFL, right? So there's so many games in a week where it's one score where it feels like it shouldn't. So I know I'm hedging my bets here, but I guess don't be surprised, too, if maybe it's a little bit closer than the experts think, uh, to quote the wonderful Lee Corso. I think that you're absolutely right. Spencer, why don't we run through some week one matchups? I'm not saying we've got to ask his opinion on who wins every game, but why don't we strategically go through a few of those and get a quick, rapid reaction? Eric Columbia is with us from News Channel 9 here on ESPN Radio at Exit 31. Um, Philadelphia and Atlanta. That intrigues me because of the quarterback situation. Who wins that one? I mean, I'll go with uh, Matt Ryan and the Falcons just because it's at home. Uh, other than that, uh, it really doesn't do anything for me besides for fantasy value. Next matchup you want to you wanna go with, Spencer. All right. Miami Dolphins at New England Patriots and Mac and Cheese. Yeah, see, this is interesting because I'm interested more in this quarterback perspective between Tua, is he for real, and Mac Jones, is he for real? You got... Uh, both ends of the spectrum there were fans of Miami. They're really high on Tua. Everybody else seems to be not as much so. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. I'll go with Mac and Bill Belichick. All right. So we're going to have Eric Gouldy ask Eric Columbia his matchup. Well, it's got to be. I want to know what, what he thinks about Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Pittsburgh and Buffalo. I also think that is so intriguing because you have everybody uh, seemingly across the nation for the first time on the Buffalo train and Josh Allen. Is this game set up to be a letdown? If you're going on prior results and last year, Buffalo was able to take care of business inside the friendly confines uh, of their stadium. I think this game is going to be really, really close. Uh, but since it's home field, I'll go Buffalo, but I'm not confident about it. I want to know, Spencer, honestly, and I'm creating a little kerfuffle with you here, buddy, a little Reigns Stradamus. Nostra Davidson. Here we go. But why didn't you ask about your Jets right off the top against Carolina? I was saving the best for last. Your former <laughs> your former quarterback against your current quarterback. I wanted to build up to it, Rain. Darnold. Oh, all right. Do you want me to save it then? No, no, no. We no. can go with your Giants last. You know what? Considering I, the fact that you put a Giants hat on me in the logo. I didn't even start with my Giants <laughs> in Denver. So let's go to that matchup. Who do you think wins that matchup? What is it? Teddy Two Gloves Bridgewater? Teddy now? Two Gloves versus Danny Dimes. Eric, what do you think about that one? And we're talking about some toilet games as we get to this portion of the uh, broadcast. <laughs> G-Men and Broncos, I mean, uh, at this point, uh, you're only watching if you're a fan of uh, either team, and I know that being a Lions fan because nobody cares about my team and who they're playing. But uh, I'll go – man, this is a coin flip. I'll, I'll go the Giants, but I don't think the Giants are any good. I just have no idea if the Broncos are going to be any good with Teddy Bridgewater behind center or Drew Locke, if they end up putting him back in at some point in this game or some point in this season. They are such a mystery to me. I'll, again, go with the home team. All right. Eric Gouldy, ask Eric Columbia of News Channel 9 here on ESPN Radio X31. And, of course, we're at QSportsTalk.com. Your next matchup. We'll save the best for last with Spencer. Then we'll get to some SU Rutgers. Well, he kind of teased it with uh, the Detroit, but I wanna, I'm interested to see if Detroit's going to be any good this year. So I'm wondering how San Fran's going to handle them. So the, the over-under on kneecaps, what are we putting that under, like two and a half? <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm interested, obviously, to see Dan Campbell and just how he is on the sidelines, not just if he has an actual lion, but how is his game management? 
Uh, during the preseason, he had some questionable decisions. There was one time uh, in a preseason game, uh, I believe against the Bills in the first half, he just let the clock run. I don't know if you got about timeouts or what. He just uh, let the clock run out. So I'm interested to see if he's learned anything from his days uh, in uh, Miami when he was the interim head coach there. But, of course, even though I'm a Lions fan, it's Niners all day, and I expect them to dominate this one from start to finish. Spencer? All right, here we go. <clears throat> got to set this up. We have Zach Wilson, the future, versus Sam Darnold, the past. We have Robert Sala versus Matt Rule. We have the New York Jets at the Carolina Panthers. What do you think? Dude, even you can't do your best to try to sell this one. This one is another I sold it pretty well. fire of a viewing. I sold that pretty well. You don't think after, so? After, after Zach Wilson <laughs> and uh, the other quarterback matchup that you have there with uh, Sam Darnold, like after that, everything you're doing is just grasping at straws. And you're trying to <laughs> sell this game. It's like a snake oil salesman there. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go with the – I think I think the Jets are really bad defensively. <laughs> so I think the, I think the the Panthers are going to win this one, uh, but I really am interested to see Zach Wilson because he definitely has the potential to be the best quarterback of this rookie class coming out, and to see him with that offense will be a reason why I watch a few of these plays on Sunday. Jason Smith, uh, sportscaster that's out there in broadcasting land, said. I want to see 100 passes Sunday from Zach Wilson and Sam Darnold. Show your fan bases and the watching world why you chose these two to be your franchise quarterbacks. (laughs) (laughs) Back-to-back and belly-to-belly for the Jets, that's for sure. Eric Columbia, News Channel 9 with us here once again on ESPN Radio. All right, let's get your Rutgers-Syracuse take and how you're feeling as things have settled in. We're getting closer to the game on Saturday. This really, truly shows who Syracuse is. Much more than Ohio. We know Rutgers is skilled. Uh, we laid it all out there, and what's your take on it, Air Columbia? Yeah, I think we're going to find out about both of these teams uh, because both of these teams, are, 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 they took on a lesser opponent. Now, Temple, obviously, uh, definitely better than the Ohio Bobcats. So the 61 points that Rutgers put up against Temple is more impressive than the 29-9 win at Ohio in week one. But both of these teams are very similar. They're both run the they're going to run the ball and they're going to run it effectively and their quarterbacks can run the ball i mean uh against temple rutgers had six rushing touchdowns two of them coming from their backup quarterback who's going to be a goal line presence their starter at quarterback uh noah vidral he had like 72 yards rushing uh on the day so they're not going to rely on the pass unless they were just you know uh, able to keep things pretty uh, close to their chest because they are up so much but I'm interested to see how this how this offense responds. Was the Syracuse offense being intentionally coy? Were they keeping things bland on purpose? Are we going to see Garrett Schrader more involved in this offense? That's the and question. That's not a slight, and that's not a slight on uh, Tommy DeVito. He no. did what he was asked to do, but they did lack big play ability against Ohio. But again, the question is, was that intentional? So we're going to find out a whole bunch of answers to those questions, I presume, on Saturday when um, when Rutgers comes to town. And, you know, you talk about the old adage of, like, the loud house and fans making a difference. I think this is, like, the one time where the cliche is going to ring true because there hasn't been fans in the Dome for a football game since 2019. They're going to be jazzed up. I saw a stat, and I wish I could remember where I saw it now uh, because I'd like to attribute it. Like 50% of the players on this roster 
for Syracuse or something close to that effect, haven't played in front of home fans. How are they going to be affected by that? Uh, Those are all things I'm interested to see on Saturday. Going to be an electric environment, that's for sure. Eric Columbia, News Channel 9, thanks so much. You're officially one of our dogs now here on Exit 31, DSPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. couple things you need to know as we head into a break. Derek Coleman in studio on the block with Brent Axe this afternoon. Obviously, he hits you up starting at 4 o'clock. And speaking of Syracuse and Rutgers and the home opener finally in front of fans at the Loud House, we are going to give some tickets away. Should we do it right now? Glue guy, pop it on. You want it right now or our final segment today? Yes, caller one. All right. So you're literally your yes. first caller. So you're going to make yes. it that easy? Yes. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. That simple. If it's you, those tickets are yours, and we'll get you set up. Quick break. We come back with Syracuse.com's Chris Carlson. This is Exit Thirty One with Rain and Spencer on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Let's get ready to welcome in Chris Carlson with Syracuse.com. But I want to start with some audio from John Wildhack. Uh, that is subject number one that I want to tackle with him because. We waited a while for it and then didn't get much yet again. I've called it out the past couple of days. I think a lot of people have. Uh, just uh, there's nothing there, no substance. What did we learn as far as the Chase Scanlon situation or Coach Q? And yeah, it was a lot of words and no real substance. And also, I sit there and go, I don't believe you when I hear some of it. This is John Wildhack's words. Well, I think it's it's college athletics is a very complex system and organization, right? And we have between 550, 600, 550, 600 student athletes. Then you add in, you know, 150, 200 staff, right? So it's a large organization. It's a complex organization. Any organization that size, you know, there's from time to time, there are going to be issues. And when you're in a position of leadership, when you're made aware of issues, you need to act and act decisively in terms of resolving those issues. And that's what we've attempted to do. Chris Carlson has written about it. Chris Carlson, I'd like to welcome you to the airwaves and respond to what you've heard and what your thoughts are. Well, you know, uh, I, I don't think anybody would tell you that, that yesterday's press conference for, for Syracuse was very inspiring. You know, um, you get into journalism uh, generally because you think transparency is a good thing. And one of the phrases we always use is is sunshine is the best disinfectant Um, when you acknowledge your shortcomings and tell you tell people where they are where they came from uh, what procedures broke down what things you're you're putting in place um, you create a level of accountability for yourself you allow everybody else to sort of learn from your mistakes and you create a, a better society where you know maybe every under, maybe everybody understands some of these problems um, a little bit better. Uh, Syracuse, as is its you know sort of modus operandi, uh, takes the opposite approach um, and, and says generally um, we're a private school. Uh, we don't have to tell you anything, and, and we're not going to tell you anything um, about what's going on. And it's. You know, the, their approach is very to this seems to be very much um, we have fixed this. We had issues in our protocols and our processes. We fixed them, and you have to trust us. But you look at the past five months, and what have they done to, to warrant that trust? There's the Chase Scanlon situation. There's the Quentin Hillsman situation. And this is just over the past five months. So 
you're asking people to trust you with, uh, you know, maybe not the best resume on the board. I don't believe they didn't know anything prior to the endorsement of Coach Q just a few short months ago. I've said it numerous well, times. The timeline just doesn't match up either. And there's so many people that have voiced, let's just use their words to suggest that there is no way they didn't know anything prior to that. There was smoke. There had to have been a little bit of fire, and it got toxic. And then the floodgates opened up. Maybe not to the local media, but that athletic report. And I'm just referencing the Coach Q situation, let alone everything that happened with Chase Scanlon and the lacrosse program. ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Chris Carlson with Syracuse.com. I'll pass the baton to Spencer Davidson. You know, sometimes, Chris, when when John Wildtax speaks, I, I, I know he's, you know, like you mentioned, he's got that attitude. We don't have to really tell you anything, whatever. But, like, what bothered me about the statement that we that we just heard is, you know, he's all oh, every university has issues. And, you know, when you're this big, you're going to have issues. And it's like, t- to me, these aren't just issues. I mean, there are potential even like a crime committed. Um, you know, do you just feel like sometimes because he doesn't want to say anything, it almost seems like he's downplaying it? Maybe that's not his attention, but that just that that's what it seems like to me. He tries to downplay it, sweep it under the rug. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, you look at what yesterday was, and there was a press conference. Uh, they did back-to-back Pete Sala and, and John Wildhack. Mm-hmm. You know, Pete Sala talking about the Carrier Dome protocols for the upcoming Saturday. Very important, you know, stuff to talk about. Uh, and we're all trying to get the message out about what it's going to be like on Saturday. And, and then they had John Wildhack there. Um, and John read it, an opening statement. And, like, the attitude was like, oh, that's it. Like, that's going to be it for women's basketball. He read the opening statement, and it's like, you haven't talked to anybody for months when reporters have been asking to talk about this. And you, like, legitimately think that, that we're so soft that we're just going to sit there and do what you tell us and ask questions only about what the Carrier Dome environment is going to be like on Saturday? I mean, just that expectation that, that somehow that would fly, um, you know, and, and, and pairing this really, really important, you know, public health, athlete safety, athlete welfare issue with, you know, a, a guy talking about what the Carrier Dome is going to be like on, on Saturday. Just like those two things shouldn't be connected, you know, like, like it is sort of saying, uh, you know, we don't think this issue is, is, is all that serious. Um, so, yeah, you know, the, the way they've handled it all, all along has sort of given you that impression. And, and, you know, so does the press release. They put it out on Friday before Labor Day trying to bury it. You know, th- this wasn't an organization that was try- trying to be accountable. It was an organization that was trying to avoid bad publicity. You're absolutely right. It's Chris Carlson with Syracuse.com. It's ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com, of course, where to find us. Uh, so we've got this celebrity basketball game tonight coming back together. Derek Coleman, who is going to be on with Brent Axe in studio today. We had him on the phone yesterday. Eric Devendorf, John Wallace, Al Wooten, who we spoke to a little bit earlier today, and all for a great cause. Helps to fund the Our Time Has Come Orange Legends Scholarship. So there is something positive about Syracuse University that we can talk about. It's at the stadium tonight at 7 o'clock. Uh, just your observations on this. I, I love stuff like this, Chris. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, it, it, it is an awesome event in general. Uh, you know, my understanding is, is that it's it's sort of 
one of a kind, um, you know, and, and under resourced kind of students, you know, face a challenge in, in feeling like a school like Syracuse should is for them, right? You know, is it for everybody, um, or or is it for, built for a certain population? And then we're here. Um, an event like this makes increases the feeling of welcomeness, right? You bring people back on campus that look like students that might feel, you know, a little bit more out of place. You remind them that these people were successful here, um, that they had a good time here, and you try to create relationships and mentorships. Um, you know, it's just a great idea in general for Syracuse to have this. And, you know, the event and seeing all the celebrities on the court uh, – tonight I, you know i'm not going but uh you know it sounds pretty cool you know devendorf rob drummond don mcpherson lawrence moton you know that's a a cool way to spend your thursday night if you're headed out that way so we've got chris carlson with syracuse.com here and we're slowly just lightening the question load for you chris here on x31 <laughs> and espn radio we have eric Gouldy with medical laser therapeutics uh, one of the great clients of galaxy media partners in studio with us today and um there's a game saturday so what's your question? Well, I just want to see what he thinks, you know, how Syracuse chances against the Rutgers and Cosciano coming in. And, you know, obviously you mentioned, we talked about it earlier with a couple other guests, how loud and electric it's going to be in the Carrier Dome. I just want to see what he thinks about it. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see about the environment um, coming off a one-win season. Uh, I don't know that it's going to be as, as electric as maybe we would all like to see it. Um, but I like Syracuse's chances to win. I picked them to win. Um, our staff at Syracuse.com was split down the middle. Uh, the point spread's pretty close. You know, to me, it's two sort of, you know, middling to below average power five teams, you know, that played it close to the vest last week. And in that situation, you know, I'll take the home team that's opening up the new building uh, by the, the three points that Vegas usually gives you. So, so I think Syracuse wins. I think it'll be, but like, I think it'll be a very close game, you know, comes down to, you know, one mistake, one play here and there. It's it's going to be, as we've discussed th- throughout Exit 31 today, very revealing for both teams as far as who they are going to be as a football team for 2021. Thank you, Chris Carlson. We always appreciate the time. I'll reach out again and get you back on here very soon. I'm going to leave you with 315-437-7644. That is the phone numbers in. Blue Guy will take your call. Apparently our winner of the SU Rutgers football tickets, yes, for the home opener on Saturday disconnected like the cell phone dropped is is that correct yeah i think it was just spencer trying to win the ticket it was probably was it noster davidson's mom it could have been her trying to get tickets for me needless to say that means we still have them so if you're the first caller 315-437-7644 those tickets for saturday's game are yours quick pause qsportstalk.com and espn radio and the last thing we'll say today is next this is Exit 31. Here is Rain Stradamus and Nostra Davidson on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Here's the last thing we'll say today. Just want to make sure I put it out there. Dino Babers with Brent Axe today and every Thursday. That's brought to you by Empower Federal Credit Union with the Rutgers game on Saturday. Obviously, you should know about that. And with the Coming Back Together charity basketball game tonight in D.C., Derek Coleman, part of it, he's in studio with Axe today. So listen, get on the block. It, it is solid today. That's for sure. 
Uh, I want to thank our, our latest uh, inductee into the Exit 31 Dog Pound, one of our dogs, <laughs> uh, Eric Gouldy, Medical Laser Therapeutics. Nice enough to join us in studio and grab Mike. That's four today. Um, but I, I just want to ask you for the last thing you want to say today and give you, a, give you a shameless plug on the way in and a shameless plug on the way out. What's going on with you guys? Well, I just want to thank you guys for having me in. Obviously, I love talking sports anytime, but also, you know, for the next for the next month uh, going into the fall season here, anybody who comes in and mentions X31 gets 10% off cool sculpting treatments, which is, you know, something somebody should take advantage of. Uh, absolutely. I have always wanted to be a promo. <laughs> I've always wanted to be, you know, like, Oh, just text Spencer and you'll get 20% off. You know, so Exit 31, that's good enough for me. Use like the code. Yeah, exactly. Use, you just say Exit 31. I like that. I've had so many different variations and, and nicknames as a radio personality over 25 years. I wouldn't even know which one to go with at this point. It's crazy. <laughs> the different incarnations. As radio things, Daddy. As the, yeah, Radio Daddy. That, would be, the, that would be the promo I want to type in. Just Rain or Rain Man or BHB was another favorite one. Yeah, it's been a blast today, guys. Uh, thanks for helping us get this roll in here with exit 31. The NFL starts tonight, and I am more interested in that than the Yankees because the Yankees are trash right now. Mm. And I still think that Tampa crushes Dallas. Smart money is probably on on what? Picking with the spread and everything, going with Dallas? What do you think? Uh, congratulations to Dan F. as well for winning the tickets. That's why you're the glue guy. Dan F., congratulations. He's going to Syracuse in Rutgers. We don't on care Saturday. about your question. <laughs> it's ESPN Radio. You're on the block next.